and welcome to the New City Church Podcast. I'm Benjamin Komanopoli Jr., pastor of New City Church Hyderabad. This is where you will hear messages preached at our church. It's my prayer that the incorruptible seed of God's Word will strengthen you, build you, and help you receive the abundant life that Jesus came to give you. Enjoy the Word and be blessed. Hallelujah. Glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, greet the person next to you. Hallelujah. Welcome them into the house of the Lord. Maybe they're behind you, beside you, in front of you. Greet the people. Hallelujah. For everyone joining us online, we welcome you as well. Praise be to God. Now that everyone is seated, please stand back up. Hallelujah. Let's make our confession before we are seated. Hallelujah. A little bit of morning exercise doesn't hurt. Amen. All right. Are you ready? All right. One, two, three, go. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. And my life will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Please have a seat at this time. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. All right. How many of you have been part of the fasting prayers? You've been coming or you've been at least joining us online. All right. You're receiving the word. Well, praise be to God. God is doing great and mighty things. And uh, um, uh, I know that he's going to continue to do great and mighty things in the time that we have. Amen. So we have two more weeks, and I would encourage every single one of you. Tonight, again, we're going to be meeting at 7 p.m. at SN Gardens. I really would encourage every single one of you, especially if you're part of the New City family, uh, to not take it lightly, uh, but to make sure that you're there and that you're receiving everything that God has. Amen? All right. Uh, today, we're going to continue in the series of, uh, on prayer. We're called... Uh, guys, I'm getting a little bit of resound, so maybe something... Yeah, I, I think the sound is bouncing back off the wall. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. So last week we started a series called The Way of Prayer. Everyone say The Way of Prayer. Now we're in the year of knowing God. Everyone say Knowing God. So we're in the year of knowing God and we laid a foundation in the month of uh, January. And now in the month of February, we're understanding what it means to pray, what it means to pray, not just from a, a, a religious standpoint or not just from a, a, a standpoint that we grew up with or, uh, you know, our, our understanding of prayer must be based on the word of God. Hallelujah. And so we're understanding the way of prayer. And so in the process of understanding this, what we're also beginning to see, and even during the time of fasting and prayer, is that one of the uh, prayer has multiple facets to it. There, there are different kinds of prayer that the Bible talks about. And also, when you approach God in prayer, the primary reason we approach God in prayer or we spend time in prayer is to commune with our Heavenly Father, is to spend time with our Heavenly Father, is to... Talk to our Heavenly Father and hear Him talk back to us. And so this is the purpose for which prayer has been uh, uh, established or put in place. However, at the same time, there is also 
the prayer of petition or the prayer where you begin to uh, ask God for certain things or you see certain needs in your life or desires in your life and there are certain things that must break forth in your life, certain things that must manifest in your life, certain things that must come to pass in your life. And so um, the, the way you understand prayer, the way you understand God, the way you approach God, uh, the way you pray, all of these things make a difference in the results or the effectiveness of prayer. Are you understanding that? And so today what I want to do is I want to start talking to you about keys to effective prayer. Everyone say effective prayer. Because how many of you know, uh, I'm not interested in just doing religious things. I'm, I don't want to train a bunch of people uh, just to go through the rituals of prayer. But I want to make sure that we as a body of Christ, that we as a church family, that when we engage in prayer, that we're, it's effective and that we're seeing the necessary results in our life. Hallelujah. All right, so today I want to talk to you about the keys of effective prayer. Now, the first key that I want us to start off with, the first key for, for effective prayer is understanding that God has no favorites. That God has no favorites. Because if, because if you don't have the right mindset in, in the way you approach God, a lot of people, uh, uh, Christians, uh, 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 we, we approach God with this mindset of there are certain people that God has, uh, um, you know, has shown his favor upon. Uh, you know, they're God's favorite. And so I may not be God's favorite. And so the way I approach God or the confidence with which you approach God or uh, the, the understanding that maybe if I pray, maybe God will not hear me. But if somebody else prays for me, then God will hear me. That entire mindset is an unbiblical mindset. Are you understanding that? That's an unbiblical mindset. That because you, are, uh, you don't have a pastor title, because you don't have an evangelist title, because nobody calls you a bishop or apostle or, or, or you know, some, some other religious title, that does not mean that God does not hear your prayer. Are you understanding that? Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, please. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 17 says this. And remember that the heavenly father, everyone say heavenly father. Right? So that's who we are approaching. That remember that your heavenly father to whom you pray has no, he has no favorites. You must remember that in prayer. That he has no favorites. Then he goes on to say, he will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residence. Now, I talked to you about this during, the, uh, I think, last Tuesday or Wednesday, during our time of fasting and prayer, that the, the way we approach life, the way we live life on this planet is that we are here on a temporary basis. Hallelujah. So we are in this world, but we are not of this world. And so while you're in this world, and when you are dealing with your petitions, when you are dealing with your needs, when you are dealing with certain desires in your life, when you are dealing with certain promises of God that must come to pass, that must uh, uh, be experienced by you, not once you go to heaven, but while you are here on this earth. When you are dealing with that, you must have this mindset. I am only here temporarily. And I'm here temporarily because... My home is actually with my heavenly father. Now, once you have that understanding, once you have that approach, then when you approach God in prayer, you don't approach with, with, the, with a mindset that says, I don't know if he will give me what I need on this earth. Are you understanding that? Because you are sent here, you have come into this place to fulfill his purpose for your life. His vision for your life. 
and whatever needs to take place in, in, in order for that vision to come to pass, whatever needs to take place for that purpose to come to pass, whatever needs to take place for his promise to come to pass in your life, he's always willing for that to take place. Hallelujah. And so when you approach God, you're not approaching him with fear and trembling, not knowing whether or not he will provide for you. You approach him knowing that there are no favorites. Hallelujah. Go with me to Mark chapter 15, please. So when you're approaching your father, even as you're turning there, understand this. This is the reason why the Christian faith is, again, different and distinct from many other faiths. Why? Because in many other faiths, you will either have a priest, you will have some kind of mediator, you will have some kind of person who must pray for you. Are you understanding that? But you might say, but pastor, you also pray for other people. And that's absolutely right. Now, the, there is a place where a pastor, an evangelist, a teacher, a prophet, somebody can lay their hands on somebody else and pray for them. Why? Because God has appointed those people to, to, to equip people and to help people in the time of need. Are you understanding that? But that does not mean that you always are dependent upon them. Are you understanding that? So when you're born into the kingdom of God, you are born as little children. And while you are a little child, you may need a lot of help, and that's perfectly fine. But once you are two years old, once you are three years old, once you are five, seven, ten, fifteen, twenty years old in the faith, there must be growth in your walk with God. There must be a certain confidence that you begin to develop with your heavenly father for yourself. Are you understanding that? Now, why do we need somebody else to pray for us from time to time? The reason why you need somebody else to pray for you is because based on the challenges or based on the issues of life or based on where you are, you might be tired. You may be weak in faith. See, certain times uh, you might know how to drive a car perfectly, but you might ask somebody else to drive the car for you. Why is that? It's not because suddenly you forgot how to drive. But on that day, maybe you had a long day, maybe you didn't have enough sleep the previous night and you're saying, I'm just tired, can you drive? Are you understanding that? So it's not like you lost confidence in your ability to drive. It's not that you forgot how to drive. But on that particular day, you're just simply saying, I need some help. Are you understanding that? So it's not that you've lost confidence in that God will not hear you or that healing does not belong to you or that breakthroughs do not belong to you or that your heavenly father will not listen to you. You continue to have that faith. You continue to keep that uh, uh, firm foundation. However, you'll say, and you know, I've heard just, I've gotten too much negative news from the doctor. I'm just tired right now. I just feel a little weak in faith and I want you to pray with me and for me. Are you understanding that? And so what's happening is you, are, you, you have brothers and sisters in the body of Christ who are standing with you and believing God with you for a supernatural manifestation in your life. If you understand that, say amen. All right? So it's not that the other person is more favorable in the sight of God. Are you understanding that? There is no extra favor upon that person. However, you're simply taking uh, their help in the time of need, so that you can receive everything that God has for you. Hallelujah. And also, let me also say this. At the same time, because there are different kinds of prayer, there are times where an anointed man or woman will lay their hands on you and impart to you certain things. That's when you have somebody else pray for you. 
right? It can be the impartation of the gifts of the Spirit. It can be the impartation of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes even Paul will write and say, I wish that I can come lay my hands on, impart to you certain gifts into your life. Are you understanding that? So it's not that they are not confident in that, that God cannot provide for them. But in this case, what's happening is Paul the Apostle has raised up men and women. He's raised up leaders. And now he's saying, I want to come and impart certain spiritual gifts. And I want to, you know, give these things to you because you don't already have them. Are you understanding that? All right. So that's the role. But however, when it comes to your everyday life, when it comes to your needs, when it comes to your desires, when it comes to the petitions that you take before God, you must always understand that God has no favorites. You are his children and every one of us are equally his children. Hallelujah. All right. Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, and uh, let's pick up in verse 38. The Bible says, Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Everyone say, from the top to the bottom. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly. Everyone say boldly. Through the, to the throne of grace. Now, this could not happen in the Old Testament. This could not happen under the Old Covenant. There was no such thing as going boldly before your heavenly father. In fact, at that point, they did not even know him as their heavenly father. They only know, knew him as the awesome, all-powerful, all-majestic God. That's it. That's it. And so there was no coming boldly into his uh, uh, presence. In fact, there was no coming into his presence for the majority of people. They were only standing on the outside. It was only the high priest who, not boldly going into the presence, it was only the high priest who were trembling, even in fear and trembling would go into the presence of God. Fear and trembling, not even knowing whether he will come out alive. That was the Old Testament. So for the very first time, what happened? When Jesus died on that cross, the Bible says, and that's what we read in Mark chapter 15, that the veil in the temple was torn. Now, the veil in the temple was not torn from the bottom to the top. It says what? From the top to the bottom. Hallelujah. Right? That means the, 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 the tearing of that temple, it was a supernatural act, which means God himself tore that veil. You understand that? It was not a... Jesus died on the cross. And while he is dying on the cross there, something supernatural took place in the temple physically. I want you to understand the significance of that. Jesus is not, the, the, the veil is not right next to Jesus. Jesus is dying on the cross. And when, while he's giving up his life for the sins of mankind, what happens is in the temple, nobody's touching the, the veil. Nobody's holding the veil. Nobody's saying, is it time for me to tear? There is no human hands. Nothing is touching the veil. And yet when Jesus gives up his life, supernaturally, God tears that veil from the top to the bottom. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together and give glory to God for that. He tore the temple. Sorry, he tore the veil from the top to the bottom. Why? Because the veil always kept people on the outside. It always kept people on the outside. See, anytime you have this mindset, you know, I don't know if God will hear. I don't know if I can go to God. Maybe if somebody else will pray, I don't think I'm God's favorite. That's the old covenant mindset. That's a religious mindset. That is not a key to having effective prayer because you are not coming into the throne room of God. You are not coming to the throne of grace, but you are standing on the outside and expecting things to happen in your life. 
Are you understanding that? So now we see that the veil of the, in the temple was torn supernaturally by God himself. And then it says, let us come, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace. Everyone say grace. Now grace we've learned over the last couple of days. That's more than you deserve. More than you deserve. So the Bible is saying, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of more than you deserve. More than you deserve. That means no matter what you are believing for, no matter what the promise is, no matter what the need is, you are approaching your heavenly father, how? Boldly. Everyone say boldly. You are approaching him boldly to the throne of more than you deserve. So that what? So that we may obtain. Everyone say obtain. Not so that we may see, not so that we may observe, but so that we may obtain. Another word is receive. So the entire purpose, see, this is the reason why you must understand that there are different kinds of prayer. There is time where you spend time in the presence of God, where you're worshiping, but this is not that prayer that I'm talking about. This, when you are going to the throne of God, it's very specifically, you're going there to receive. Everyone say receive. You're going there to receive. You're not just going there to spend time and come back. It's, not, it's like going to the mall. When you go to the mall, certain times you can just window shop. You understand what I mean by that? So you're just looking. You're not going to obtain anything by the time you go home. You're just looking at things, finding out the price. Oh, that looks nice, this looks nice, and you come home. But you didn't obtain anything. You can go to a car showroom. Oh, nice model. This is nice. You can sit in the car. You can, you can smell the new uh, uh, car smell. You can, you can turn it on, turn it off. You can recline in the seat. You can do all of those things, but you're not going home with the car. That's not what we're talking about. When we talk about this prayer, I'm talking about a prayer where you go and when you obtain. Everyone say obtain. So you go boldly to the throne of more than you deserve and that you will obtain, you will receive what? Mercy and find a grace of, to help in the time of, in the time of need. So whatever need you've got, you, un, you must understand that you have the ability, you have the privilege to go to the throne of grace boldly. You don't need somebody else. You don't need a priest. You don't need a mediator. Now you can go boldly to your heavenly father. If you understand that, say amen. All right. Key number two. The second key is pray to the Father. Pray to the Father. Pray to the Father. Now, I'm just going to say certain things that will go against the grain of certain people. And, 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 and I'm not, I, I just want to say that because we, we, I want to drive this point home. When I say pray to the Father, I'm, say, I'm saying specifically pray to the Father. That means we don't pray to the saints. That means we don't pray to anything else other than the Father. Are you understanding that? You can reverence them, you can honor them. Just like you honor good people, great people, people who've sacrificed, people who've served, people who've done a lot. But you don't pray to any of them. You pray to the? Come on loudly, you pray to the? You pray to the Father. You pray to the Father. All right, Let, let's look at what Jesus said. John chapter 16. John chapter 16 and verse 23 and 24. And it says, in, in that day, everyone say that day. That day is today, okay? So what he's talking about is, is today. What he's talking about is a time that was going to come and we're living in that time, we're living in that day. So he says, and in that day you will ask me, how many things? How many things? So stop asking Jesus. 
He says, in that day, because at that day, when he said those things, they were still asking him. But what he said was, there is coming a day where you will ask me how many things? Nothing. Nothing. So in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you may ask the? You may ask the? So that's who we are asking. So that's why a lot of times when you hear me pray, you'll say, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Heavenly Father, we come to your throne of grace. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Why? I'm not talking to Jesus. I'm talking to the, to the Father. Jesus came to be the mediator. Jesus came so that your relationship with the Heavenly Father can once again be established. Are you understanding that? So that your relationship with the Father can be restored. So he's, he, he, what he's saying was, now I'm living in this earth, but I'm only living in this earth for a very limited time to show you certain things, to establish certain things, to establish the new covenant and make sure you live the life that God, my father, always wanted you to live. Right? Now he says, you've asked me for a lot of things during these last three years, but then in that day, what is that day? Once I leave, in that day you will ask me nothing. You will only talk to the Father. But then he says, you will talk to the Father in my name. In my name. The reason why we say in Jesus' name, amen, in, to, uh, to end every one of our prayers is because we're talking to the Father in whose name? In Jesus' name. Are you understanding this? So if you don't understand this, you will not really understand why Jesus came and what he specifically did while he was here on the earth. You will only have a religious mindset that, that, that somehow is, uh, Jesus is a supernatural figure. He's all powerful. So I go to Jesus. I pray to Jesus. I ask Jesus for this. I ask Jesus for that and all of that. And now, but again, I'm, I'm not trying to be picky. I'm not trying to point false. That's not the goal. But at the same time, I want you to understand the role of the Heavenly Father, the role of Jesus Christ and the role of the Holy Spirit. See, the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. There is a, there, and so when there is a lack of knowledge, you, you will at times think that you're engaging in prayer, think that you're doing the right thing, and you, at the same time, you're not actually doing what, was, what, what you were supposed to do. So clearly, Jesus, what does he say again? He says, in that day, you will ask me nothing, but you will speak to my father in my name. And, and what happens when, when you do that? He says, whatever you ask my father in my name, he will, he will think about it. He will make you wait about it. What will he do? He will? Now who said this? That's what Jesus said. Not a preacher who lost his mind. Are you understanding that? That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, you don't ask me for anything. You ask the Father in my name. You talk to him. And when you ask him in my name, guess what he's going to do? He's going to give those things to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, that's, that, that's a key for understanding how you approach the Father. Number one, your approach, your understanding that there are no favorites, that when I pray that I can approach God as his child, I can come to the throne of grace 
boldly in the time of need, whenever I'm feeling weak, whenever I'm feeling like I need to receive certain things and things must manifest, I can go to my heavenly father. Now we're also understanding when I go to my heavenly father, I speak to him directly. Why? Because through the blood of Jesus, through the sacrifice of Jesus, there is no more veil. There is nothing that separates me from my heavenly father. Hallelujah. And so now when I go to him, I directly, it's not like I have to say, Jesus, can you please make a request to the Father? Jesus, can you do this for me? Jesus, can you do that for me? No, no, no. There is nothing that is separating you from your heavenly Father. The very reason he came is that nothing will separate you from your heavenly Father. Hallelujah. So now he says, you, you ask, but when you ask, remember me, don't forget about me. Why? Because it's only through me that you get this access. It's only through my blood that you come into his presence. It's only through the work that I've done for you on the cross that you approach the throne of grace boldly and not with fear and trembling. Hallelujah. So he says, you talk to him, but you do it in my name. And when you do it, he says, he will give you. Hallelujah. Look at the next verse, verse 24. He, then he says, until now you have asked nothing in my name. See, that's not just a religious saying. Think about it. You don't go to Jesus and say, uh, Jesus, we need some bread in Jesus' name. Jesus, I'm asking you in Jesus' name. That makes no sense. Are you understanding that? So don't just use phrases just because you religiously heard certain things. Jesus, we're asking for protection. Jesus, we're asking for this. Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. Who did you pray to and whose name are you using? You're talking to the Father in the name of Jesus. Are you understanding this? So now, he says, until now, you have asked me nothing in my name. And by the way, let me just add something. Last week, I, I, I spent some time talking to you about what is commonly called as the Lord's Prayer. You know one of the other reasons why it's not necessarily a new covenant prayer? Because that prayer is not prayed in Jesus' name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses and sins as we forgive them. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Where is the name of Jesus? There is no name of Jesus in that prayer. Are you understanding that? Why? Because Jesus did not die on the cross. So they're not praying in the name of? They're not praying in the name of Jesus. Nobody prayed. See, today, it's a common thing for us. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And we automatically assume everyone prayed that way. No, no, no. In fact, nobody prayed that way. Until he died on the cross. Now we approach our heavenly father in his name. Are you understanding that? So look at that verse one more time. Verse 24. It says, until now you have asked me nothing in my name. Ask and you will. Ask and you will. You will. See, but, but think about the mindset of many people. Let's pray and see. Not ask and you will, ask and you may. Ask and you may receive. And if somebody says that, we don't even think twice about it. Yeah, you know, that's right. You know, we may receive. 
we may receive. And that goes directly opposite to what Jesus said. What does Jesus say? He says, ask and you will receive. Everyone say, will receive. receive. Ask and you will receive. Why? That your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. Answered prayer always brings joy. Hallelujah. See, unanswered prayer is not of God. Unanswered prayer is not of God. See, joy, the, 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 when, you, when you pray for certain things and you see the manifestation of those things, you get joy. So the father says, the, the, the heart of the father towards his children is that they live in joy. Hallelujah. See, we're, we're, for all the parents that are in this place, do you see your kids, uh, uh, do you enjoy your kids laughing and having a good time or crying in the corner? Laughing. It's, it's you know, when you, when you look at kids' pictures, what are the best pictures? When they are lost in laughter. Right? That's the best time. And so what does your heavenly father want for you? He wants that kind of joy. So here he says, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. Joy may be full. Go with me to um, uh, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 5. Let me give you the third key. Let's move on quickly. Third key. The third key to effective prayer is pray according to God's will. Pray according to God's will. Pray according to God's will. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. It says, now this is the confidence. Everyone say confidence. The Bible says, now this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, everyone say according to His will. Now, when we say according to his will, what we're saying is according to his word. Why? Because his word is his will. How do we understand what, the, what God's will for our life is? We start by looking at the word. And so when the, the more you get into the word, the more you begin to understand the heart of God, the more you begin to understand the will of God concerning your life. According to his will, he hears us. So he says, so as, as people living in this, on this earth, he says, this is the confidence that if we ask, not if we simply pray. He says, the confidence that we have in God is that if we ask anything, he hears us. That's the confidence. According to the will of God, when you're praying according to the word of God, concerning anything in your life, there is a certain confidence. Why? Because you're praying according to your understanding that. There is no fear, intimidation. There is no, like, I don't know if he'll say yes to this. I don't know if he'll say no to this. You are going there in confidence because you're praying or you're talking to him based on his will. Then the next verse says, verse 15, he says, And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So in other words, what he's saying is this. To condense both those verses together, what he's saying is, this is the confidence that we have in God. That if you pray according to his will, he hears and he releases. This is the confidence that we have in God. That if you pray according to his will, you will receive. 
If you pray according to his will, you will receive. Now, what has happened is religion has stifled our faith in this regard. It has decreased our faith in this regard. Now, for example, uh, the Bible very clearly says that it is uh, God's will that none should perish. In fact, go with me to 2 Peter, please. Chapter 3 and verse 9. The Bible says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. As some people think. See, this is what a lot of people think. People think that God is slow. God is not doing it. How long should I wait? But the Bible says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. Everyone say your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. That's his will. Now, once you know that he doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, so if you're praying for a, 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 a friend, you're praying for a relative, you're praying for a co-worker, somebody that does not believe in Christ and he is lost at this point, and you're praying regarding their salvation, you are approaching God based on his will. Are you understanding that? You're not just approaching God based on your desire. You're approaching God based on his will. Father, it is your will that my friend does not perish. So I'm praying in the mighty name of Jesus that angels, ministering spirits would be sent down his path. That human beings, Father, people of influence will begin to come into his life. I am praying, Heavenly Father, that his eyes will be open, that his ears will be open, that his heart will be open, Father. I am praying at the right time, Lord, that the gospel message will reach him and he will be saved. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. What did you just do? You approached the Father according to his will, in the name of Jesus. And what he says is, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and if he hears us, we have the answer to the petition. Hallelujah. So the question is this, before you just quickly start praying, ask and find out the will of God regarding the thing that you're praying for. Find out the will of God regarding the very thing that you are praying for. So if it is about your career, if it is about health, if it is about finances, if it is about going somewhere, if it is about your relationship, if it is about getting married, what is the will of God concerning your situation? Find the will of God concerning your situation. See, the woman with the issue of blood, she had a certain confidence. She went and took what rightfully belonged to her. Why? Because she heard... That this man called Jesus, everywhere he went, any person that was sick could approach him in faith and receive healing. She heard that there was not a single human being that he sent away and said certain religious sayings like, oh, it's not yet your time for healing. He never told anybody, my father is trying to teach you a lesson through this, the, through this process. So just go through this process. Next year, I will come back again and have another meeting in this place and then I'll come and heal you. He didn't say two weeks from now, you will receive your healing. You don't see that. So what she heard was, I can approach this man called Jesus and if I can go to him in faith, I will receive what I need in my life. In other words, she understood. She came to the knowledge of the will of God concerning her life and her situation. The problem is many of us, we do not have an understanding of the will of God concerning our life in our situations. 
Now you might say, but pastor, what about, you know, going to another country and, or marrying another woman or marrying another girl, uh, uh, man, uh, you know, those kinds of things. It's not clear, like, whether or not I should marry this person, whether or not I should go to this country, whether or not I should, you know, uh, um, you know take this job in this nation or go move, the, move to a different city or go to a college in this particular university. How do I pray regarding those things? Well, you begin to search the scriptures regarding the wisdom of God. You begin to search the scriptures regarding being led by the Spirit of God. Now you begin to say, okay, Heavenly Father, I come to your throne of grace in the time of need. I need to make certain decisions in my life. I know that you have a great plan and purpose for my life. Lord, your word says that because of what your son Jesus Christ has done, I have the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God is within me. I thank you, Lord, that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Father, as I make these decisions, I thank you, Lord, that your wisdom flows through my life. I have the peace of God. The peace that passeth all understanding is my portion. Why? Because you have given these things to me by your grace. So I don't come and approach you as a beggar. I don't come in desperation. I am simply coming here with the confidence of what your will is for my life. Father, you said in your word in the book of Psalms that you will perfect that which concerns me. Lord, right now, I need to make a decision. And I am declaring out of my mouth, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you will perfect that which concerns me. You will perfect that which concerns me. You know which university I need to go to. You know what course I need to take. You know the person I need to get married to. You know what business I need to enter into. You know what business I need to get out of from. You know what investment I need to make. You know what investment I need to withdraw from. You know how to raise my children. You know which school they need to go to. You know which college they need to go to. You know which church I need to be planted in. You know which, uh, which uh, uh, decisions I need to make in my life. Are you understanding that? So what's happening is you are not, you, you are starting from a foundation of his will, of the known will of God for your life. Of the known will of God for your life. Start from that foundation. And when you start from that foundation, now the things that are not explicitly written in the Bible, though that the wisdom will be revealed to you. The wisdom will be revealed to you. The wisdom will be revealed to you. See, how do we make decisions in, in the ministry? The way I make decisions in the ministry is because I, I, don't, I never knew. One, just, just think about this. One year ago, at this day, what, what, what is today's date? 11th? Okay, February 11th, 2023. I had no clue that we would be having services in Sandhya. No idea. But the one thing that is constant in my life, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. That I know for sure. That I know for sure. I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. I know for sure I will reach the destiny that God has for my life. No, no devil in hell, no human being can, can, can move me from that position. No, no, no voice in all of the universe can move me from that position. I know that God has purpose. I know I am called of God. I know I will fulfill God's destiny for my life. I will. No, no question about it. No question about it. I know I have the mind of Christ. I, no question about it. The wisdom of God is within me. No question about it. You, you, you cannot prove to me that I don't have the wisdom of God for my life. You cannot. You may have PhDs. You cannot prove that to me. 
There is nothing that you can do to convince me that I don't have the wisdom of God in my life. I know everything that I need to know. I, I, the, the, you, you cannot convince me that I will go in the wrong direction. I cannot go in the wrong direction. I cannot. I cannot go in the wrong direction. I cannot. Why? The grace of God is upon my life. How can the grace of God fail? Are you understanding that? See, this is not confidence in my strength or ability. I was barely an average student in school. It's not based on my strength and ability. I had no interest in school. <laughs> so I don't say this based on my own strength and ability. How do I say, Pastor, isn't that arrogant? How, how can you say that you will not fail? How can you say that you will always make the right decision? Because it's the grace of God. The reason I can say I will not fail is because I know the grace of God cannot fail. The grace of God cannot fail. So the more dependent I am upon His grace, how can I fail? How can I make the wrong decision? No, you, you prove to me how I can make the wrong decision. Not me proving to you that I will always make the right decision. You prove to me how I will make the wrong decision. It's impossible for me to make wrong decisions. Why? Because the grace of God is upon my life. Now, here's the thing. The same grace is upon your life. God has no favorites. Don't forget the first point. Just because we came to the third point, don't forget the first point. That's why I started with that point. Everything I'm saying about me, you should say that about yourself. You can't make a wrong decision. You can't. When you trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him, He will direct your path. How can you make a wrong decision? See, but, but, but the mindset of many believers is the opposite. Oh, maybe I'll make the wrong decision. I think I'll make the wrong decision. I think I'll make the wrong decision. So when you approach God, that's the way you approach Him. You think... There is a higher probability in you making the wrong decision than in you making the right decision. Why? Because you're dependent on yourself. That's why the book of Proverbs, he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways. How many ways? All my ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths so last year while we're I'm responsible for this ministry I've been called to establish this church to to start this church that means I'm responsible for the pretty much every major decision that's made in this church so rewind 365 days ago on this particular Sunday we were having services in SN Gardens having no clue that in a couple of weeks we I will have to move the entire church to Sandhya Convention for every Sunday. But guess what? The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. The Lord will perfect that. And so whenever I approach God, I always approach Him based on the known will of God for my life. What is clearly expressed in the Word of God. 
And so you start from that foundation. And when you start from that foundation, everything regarding your career, your job, visa, and everything else, you will be able to, uh, uh, you, you'll be able to see that those things will come to pass. The problem, however, is many a times we don't understand the will of God and we have our own plans and we just say, uh, Father, I want a UK uh, visa. Oh, that did not work. Okay, I want an Australian visa. Oh, that did not work. Okay, I want a uh, 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 Middle East visa. Visa. And so what, what are we doing? We are approaching God not based on the word. We are simply approaching God based on where we are in life. Are you understanding the difference? So when you approach God based on his word, that's when you will see effective prayer in your life. Write this down if you're taking notes. Your prayer life must be built on the foundation of the word. Your prayer life must be built on the foundation of the word. Start your prayers with the word. Start your prayers with the word. Practice by praying what is explicitly written in the word of God. I've said this before. Faith begins where the will of God is known. See, there are a lot of things I do not know right now in my mind regarding the future of this ministry. But what do I know? I know that God has called me. What do I know? I know God has anointed me. What do I know? I know I'm supposed to plant this church. What do I know? I'm supposed to be fruitful and multiply what God has given me. So which means I know this, that for the rest of my life, that the ministry always has to keep going forward and always has to keep growing. I know that for sure. I know that for, like, the, you, you cannot prove, you cannot tell me that it is God's will for any church to remain the same size that they are in. It's not. There is no such thing that God desires for churches to be small. There is no concept of a small church in the mind of God. Just like there is no concept of a baby remaining a baby in the mind of God. You're born as a baby. But the intent is that you are growing, 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 growing. That's a sign of life. That's the sign of life that you are growing, that you are maturing. We don't look at a, a, a baby that is, you know, uh, uh, you know, 20 years old. And they're just, you, you know, they're small enough to carry you. And you say, this is normal. This is normal. You don't say it's normal. You say, something must be wrong. There is some deficiency, something that must be corrected. Are you understanding that? So I know this for, for a fact that for our church, every week we're supposed to grow. When the Bible says in the book of Acts that they grew daily. How can I come, you know, see, and, and by the way, the, the church in the book of Acts is not the greatest thing. Somehow we, we, we think that's the great. No, 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 no. The church must be improving. We must be seeing great. Like, we, okay, in, in your phone, for example, I have an iPhone. We don't say iPhone 1 is the best iPhone. Why? Because it progresses. It gets better. You don't say the latest phone. They're going to build it like the first one. I'm so excited about it. They're going to use the technology that they used in the first version. I'm so excited about it. Do you get excited about that? No. If you're buying a house, they say, uh, we're going to build you a house. It, it, all the technology that your great-grandparents had, we will have all of that technology in your house. We want you to buy it. How, how many of you will be excited about it? None. 
Why? Because you don't want what your great-grandfathers had. You want things better. Why? Because they have improved. So also with the church. That was just the birth. That was just the birth. And if the people were being added daily in, at birth, they need to be added by every minute by the time where we are. After 2,000 years, we need to have people being added to the church every minute. Not just daily. Are you understanding that? And so you approach the throne of God with that kind of confidence, knowing the will of God, and then everything else will be revealed to you. If you understand that, say amen. See, Job chapter 22 and verse 21 says this. Acquaint your, now yourself with him. Agree with God and show yourself to, to be conformed to his will and be at peace. By that you shall prosper and great good shall come to you. So that first part, he says, acquaint now yourself with him. In other words, agree with God and show yourself to be conformed to his will. Agree with God. So in prayer, agree with God. Start from that perspective. Start from that foundation. Start with agreeing with God with what you already know and then build your prayer life on top of that. Hallelujah. He says, when you agree with God, you will have peace. See, that's why I might not have all the answers regarding every decision I need to make in the next month, in the next six months, in the next year regarding the church, but I'm at peace. No tension about the ministry. No tension whatsoever about the ministry. No tensions about my family. I don't know what decisions I need to make for my children regarding my marriage, regarding my raising of my children, regarding my family, but no tension. No worry. No stress. Why? The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. The more I conform my life to His will, the more I conform my life to what is in the word, what's going to happen? I will be at peace. Everyone say peace. Hallelujah. All right, let's quickly move on to uh, number four, the fourth key. And I'll close with this for today. The fourth key is to receive answers now. Receive answers now. Receive answers now. In other words, don't put things off into the future. Don't put things off into the future. Don't say, I'm praying about it and, uh, you know, when God will, one day God might, one day God will. Don't put things off into the future. Now, again, that's, that, the, you've heard a lot of people say these things, so by default you begin to have that mindset and by default you begin to say those things as well. One day when the Lord blesses me, one day when the Lord gives me, one day if the Lord gives me, one day if the Lord blesses me, how many of you have heard those kinds of words? Right? Now the question is, from where did we get those words? From where did we get those words? Did Jesus say those things to you? Does the word say those things to you? And if they don't, then you must go back to the word. Look at what it says here. Go with me to 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2. It says, For God says, At just the right time I heard you, on, that, on the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is? Today is the day of? The right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. See, we, we, we know this because Every time you see in the word and every time even by experience by now, you know that whenever somebody wants to be saved and they pray, God doesn't say you're on the waiting list. 
God doesn't say, please give me your name and phone number and contact number and I'll get back to you once I save other people. I'm too busy saving other people. You're on the list, but I'll definitely get to you. No, today, this very moment is the moment of salvation. So when you pray, what's happening? You receive. When? Not tomorrow. You don't say, if the Lord will save me, I will serve him. I will, I will serve him. You don't say, if the Lord will do this. Or you don't say, when the Lord will save me. Why? Because you know his will. You know his will. So when it comes to the other things as well, what is the will of God regarding you being blessed? That's the question you need to ask yourself. And when you ask yourself that question, then when you go into the word, when you understand that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing, then when you understand physically speaking that by his stripes you were healed, financially speaking, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. When you understand, spiritually speaking, though he was righteous, for your sake he became sin, so that you can become the righteousness of God in him. You don't, just like you don't say if he will save me or when he will save me, you will stop saying if he will bless me or when he blesses me. Are you understanding that? You will understand when I approach the Father in faith based on his will, I know that I receive the very things that I'm praying for. I receive the very things that I'm praying for. Why? Because that's the confidence I have in his word. The confidence that I have in his will. If you understand that, say amen. All right. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 28. Proverbs 3.28 says, God is not going to tell you, sorry, uh, do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and, and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. He says, when you have something, when somebody comes to you, don't say go, back and, uh, uh, go, go home and come back again tomorrow and I'll give it to you. Now, if God is giving us that instruction not to do that, if you have something and they need it, give it. Then why would you think? that God would tell you to do one thing and he himself will not do the same. Oh, God has it, but he doesn't want me to receive it yet. I'm in the waiting season. I've already spoken enough regarding the waiting season. Are you understanding that? The time is now. Everyone say now. Today is the day of salvation. What does it, Matthew, Matthew chapter 13 go there? Matthew chapter 13 and verse 15, it says, for, their, for the hearts of these people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn. So that I should heal them. So that I should heal them. So what is he saying? They are not seeing with their eyes. They are not hearing with their ears. But he says, if they can see with their eyes, if they can hear with their ears, and if they will open up their hearts to understand, he said, I should heal them at that point. I can't keep them waiting. Why? It's not even my will to keep them waiting. It's that for the very first time, when their eyes are open, when their ears are open, when their hearts are open, now they understand my will. And now that they understand my will, they receive those things immediately. Are you understanding that? They receive those things immediately. 
So when you understand, oh, okay, okay, I understand that God has no favorites. I understand that now when I go to the Father, I go to the throne room of grace. I go with boldness to the throne room of grace. And when I speak, I speak to the Father based on his will in the name of Jesus. And when I pray to him, when I speak to him based on his will in the name of Jesus, here is the confidence. I know that he hears me. I also know that if he hears me, then I have the answer to the very prayer that I have prayed. Which means when I go to the Father, I'm not just wasting my time. I'm not just doing some religious activity. I am going to my heavenly Father to obtain. Everyone say obtain. That means I am going to my heavenly Father to receive the things that must be received in my life. Hallelujah. That means I am not praying because that's my last resort. I am praying because I know when I pray, I receive. I am praying because I know when I pray, I receive. See, that's the confidence that must be built up in the life of every believer. When you talk to your friend, you say, you must be able to say, don't worry, I will pray. And when you say, I will pray, it's not with a weak heart. It's not with, I'll pray and see, let, let, let's see if God will do something. No, what you are saying is, don't worry, I will pray. In other words, what you're saying is, I will receive the answer for you. Hallelujah. Why? We're praying according to the will of God. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together and glorify God. <laughs> having that confidence. Having that confidence. And, and, and having the confidence in the fact that he is wanting to release and wanting for us to receive those things now. When we pray. So in the Proverbs he says, if somebody comes to you, don't tell them to go home and come back again. That's why Jesus never told anyone to go home and come back again. He didn't say the meetings are over for this time. Six months later I will come back and during those revival meetings you can be healed. He didn't say that. He didn't say you're still in a waiting period. He didn't say, no, you have not learned your lesson yet and no, your character is not matured yet and no, you are, there are so many other things that are at fault in your life. You need to uh, get all of these things sorted out and then you will be blessed by these things. No, no, no. Not a single time do you see Jesus sending somebody away. Not a single time. Somehow, religiously, we have gotten used to this notion and this idea of we will pray and we will see. We will pray, sometimes he, might, he will answer, sometimes he will not. Uh, sometimes it will be a quick answer, sometimes it will be a very long waiting period. Uh, the mystery, it's a mystery. We, we really can't tell what God will do. It's the mystery of prayer. It's the mystery of uh, his will. You know, sometimes you will know the will of God, sometimes you will not know the will of God. All of these things are religious garbage. You will not find Jesus saying those things. And that, that, that's religious sayings based on other people's religious sayings or based on people's experiences. Oh, I prayed faster, but nothing is happening. That doesn't prove anything. It doesn't, like... Something not happening in your life does not prove anything the bible says let god be true and every man a liar let god be true in your life not the experience of another person 
he can be you can respect a man you can respect a woman but just because they did not experience certain things does not mean that all of a sudden god changed his mind let god be true and every man a liar why not that everyone should be lying that's not the point the point is that when a man speaks and when the man's words have to be put against the word of god let the word of god always be true let god's word be true in your life not the experience of another human being and not even your own experience hallelujah let god be true and every man a liar so here he says in matthew 13 and 15 he says if you can see if you can hear if you can perceive you will have it he said i should heal them i should heal them in other words it, it's almost like when they do this when this happens in their life there is no other option it must be released into their life it must be made manifest into their life hallelujah write this down if you're taking notes say if you can see hear and understand there is nothing that god has promised that you cannot have if you can see hear and understand if you can see with your eyes hear with your ears and perceive and receive or understand with your heart there is nothing that god has promised that you cannot have absolutely nothing absolutely nothing if you can see what others don't you will go where others don't if you can see what others don't you will go where others don't see one of the problems in the christian faith is we've gotten satisfied based on the stories and testimonies of what other people say rather than what jesus has said we read other people's books more than what jesus has said we can quote other people more than we can quote jesus we can quote theologians more than we can quote jesus and this is the reason why many of us are stuck in religion and not actually experiencing the abundant life that jesus came to give us are you understanding that if you can see what others don't you will go where others don't when you think about the life of abraham what did god say god said as far as your eyes can see as far as your eyes can see i will give it to you i will give it to you luke chapter 18 and verse 6 here he says then the lord said learn a lesson from this uh, we, we looked at this uh, uh, portion of scripture last week but i want you to see this uh, then the lord said learn a lesson from this unjust judge even he rendered a a just decision in the end so don't you think god will surely give you justice if uh, to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night will he keep putting them off what's the answer no he will not put them off now he says in verse 8 i tell you he will grant justice to them quickly your answers are supposed to come quickly the manifestation is supposed to come quickly right now receive those things hallelujah lastly mark chapter 11 mark chapter 11 verse 22 onwards he says so jesus answered and said to them have faith in god now think about again i want you to understand who is jesus talking to here his disciples now when he's talking to his disciples why must he emphasize the fact and say have faith in god they're already disciples 
And yet he starts off by saying, have faith in God. That means there is a possibility that you can be a disciple, you can come to church, you can pray, you can do all of these things and yet not have faith. And yet do all of these things without faith. So he starts off by saying, have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be thou cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Verse 24, therefore I say to you. In other words, he's saying, because your words have so much power, because if you believe in your heart and confess the right way, if you believe in your heart and speak certain things without having any doubt, because of the power of those words and the, the power with which the manifestation will take place. Now he says, because of these things, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask. Now you understand that? So he just finished talking about words and he says, therefore I am saying to you now, Regarding prayer, I'm telling you, whatever things you ask when you pray, just believe that you receive. Just believe that you receive. Why? Because in your life, in your tongue, God has given you the capacity to move mountains. So he says, believe with your heart. So when you pray, going to the Father with confidence, praying regarding based on the will of God in the name of Jesus. Now he says, when you do that, don't just do it casually. Don't just do it like the last resort. I don't know, like, you know, I don't know what God will do. Don't do it with the attitude of, I tried everything else and like, I, the only thing that I can do is pray at this point. No, not with that attitude. You go to God and you say, I'm coming and I'm approaching your throne of grace with boldness and with confidence. Not because of who I am, but because of who Jesus is. Because of his precious blood. Because of what he has done for me on the cross of Calvary. Therefore, I approach the throne of grace with boldness and confidence. And I also understand by that grace, the kind of authority and power that has been given to me. That when I speak certain things, when I, if I believe with my heart and open my mouth and speak, that those things will come to pass in my life. Now, because of all of these things, now I come to you, Lord. Now, as I open my mouth, I realize everything I say has supernatural significance. I'm not begging. I'm not crawling. I've come to your throne of grace and I've come boldly. Knowing who you've made me to be, I now am praying and I'm saying, Lord, A, B, C, D, whatever those things are. Whatever those things are. When you pray, he says, Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive and you will have them. Believe that you receive and you will have them. You know why I said those things that I said a few minutes ago? Regarding I have no tensions. I'm not worried about decisions I need to make. Regarding the ministry, regarding my family and all of these things. Why? Because of what he already said in his word. So even if I don't feel like I have every information I need to make the decisions, I have the mind of Christ. The wisdom of God is within me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. I'll make the right decisions. His grace is upon my life. His anointing is upon my life. His calling is upon my life. His protection is upon my life. 
I cannot go astray. I cannot be led astray. Why? His grace is sufficient for me. His grace is sufficient for me. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet at this time. Now approach the throne of grace. Talk to God. Approach the throne of grace. If you received something from the word today, if you learned something about prayer today, if this changes the way you are going to pray, approach the throne of grace and talk to your heavenly father right now. Talk to your heavenly father. He likes to hear your voice. You don't need me to pray for you at this time. Talk to your heavenly father. Talk to your heavenly father regarding the issues. Talk to your heavenly father based on what he's already said in his word. Talk to your heavenly father regarding your children. Talk to your heavenly father regarding your finances. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Talk to him. Talk to him. This is not a religious thing that we're doing. No, this is a relationship between you and your heavenly father. You can talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him about your ministry. Talk to him about your calling. Talk to him about your business. Talk to him about your career. Talk to him about the investments. Regarding your relationships. Regarding the decisions that you need to make this week. Regarding the decisions that you need to make during the season of your life. What is that miracle that must happen in your life? What is the thing that must break forth in your life? What is the supernatural that must manifest in your life? Talk to him right now about it. What is the door that must be opened in your life? Talk to him about it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Talk to him in the mighty name of Jesus. His blood was shed for you for this very reason that you can go to the Father without any kind of fear. That's why the blood was shed. Hallelujah. 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 Shoraba shekere mande. Shekere mande rekere babara tora masokoro mande. Lekra mashetere masokoro mande reraba shekere mande. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory be to the Lamb. Now everyone say this out loud. Say Heavenly Father. I believe, I receive everything that I've prayed for now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, you put your hands together and glorify Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've received it. Amen. I hope you were blessed by the word today. Be sure to subscribe and share this with your family and friends. If you'd like to sow into this ministry, the details are provided in the description. For more information on how to reach us or contact us, do visit our website, www.newcityhyd.in. I will see you again next time. Be blessed.